Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode, I speak with my older sister, Katie Albert. Katie is a mom of my two adorable nieces, an educator, and a board-certified behavior analyst supporting children and families in private practice. She is passionate about supporting children and their families with everything from everyday growing pains to behavioral challenges and mental health. Katie is not only a support to her clients, but also to her family and, of course, her friends, who routinely need her injection of love, empathy, and support. On that note, Katie joined me way back in the beginning of September to discuss how to become more comfortable with speaking up and saying things that might be deemed as unlikable. I hope you enjoy a little slice of one of the many conversations I have with my sister. Thanks for listening, enjoy, and may Katie's Change Talk, in some small way, inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Please seek professional help if needed. Okay, everybody, we are up to another wonderful episode of Change Talk. Well, actually, I don't know if it's wonderful yet because it hasn't happened yet, but... Hopefully, it will be wonderful. I, I hope, yeah. Well, my sister just jumped in there before we even... She gave me a chance to introduce her, so that's nice. So let me welcome my sister, Katie Albert, and uh, yes, Katie is my oldest sister, and also happens to be in similar fields as me. We share a lot of common interests personally and professionally. And I'm so happy to have you on, Katie. Thank so, you. So as usual, let's, let's hear a little bit about you, how you spend your time, what's meaningful for you in the world. Okay. So right now I have a four and a half month old Sally, who you know because she's your niece, yeah. uh, and a three-year-old Lily. Um, so I spend a lot of time with them and I'm currently on maternity leave, but when I'm not on maternity leave, uh, I also have my own small private practice where I um, support individuals and their families who have, my specialty is high functioning autism, um, but I also uh, support individuals with ADHD um, and also mental health and learning challenges. So I do counseling, I do parent coaching, I do educational consulting. I also um, do a lot of professional and parent uh, training and speaking engagements. So that's what I do professionally. And personally, I love to spend time with my family, be in nature like you, um, and cooking, art. Um, yeah, got lots of interests. I want to ask you more about your work, but I'm actually more interested in being a mother because that's okay. something that I don't share with you. I won't have that experience. You and I share certain experiences in the kind of work we do, and we're both really into certain types of therapies. We have a professional connection, but I want to learn about your experience of being a mother and how that's changed you. What has happened to you? You know, this whole time you've been in your field, there's been continuity you're still the same person, but you've had the last few years, you've made human beings with your partner, David. So tell me about being a mother. Um, that's a great question. It's something to think about. So it's definitely changed me in a lot of ways and it's changed how I view things professionally. So just even a little more background because I realized I didn't get it. Um, I have a background in behavior analysis and I've worked, um, I've worked with some pretty high risk um, individuals and and with behaviors that are very high risk throughout my career i used to work on a team that did community work for kids who had um really high risk behaviors whether that would be aggression school refusal uh, school refusal um things that were really getting them in trouble put them at risk for having to go to group homes or get kicked out of school that kind of thing um, so I've been training parents and teachers for a very long time and then becoming one is very humbling yeah. Um, I like to think that I was 
humble and understanding and empathetic before I had kids, but it brought it to a whole other level. And with, as my kids are in different ages, it brings new levels of understanding and, and empathy, ways that I can empathize with my clients. So because a lot of the work that I do is with, with the families and with the parents, I feel very strongly that children, treating children in, without, the, without their families being an integral part of treatment is not very effective. So I always have build relationships with parents and they're a part of therapy pretty much in every single session. And sometimes it's just with the parent and not even with the child. But mm-hmm. um, when I first went back to work after having Lily, who's my first, I felt very emotionally overwhelmed by how it must feel as a parent to have a child who is suffering and a child who has a diagnosis of, of autism or, um, you know, whatever it may be, a child who has a diagnosis of OCD, a child who has a diagnosis that allows this parent to have to anticipate how they may suffer as they get older. And it was almost debilitating when I first went back. Uh, lots of crying when I came home from work. Yeah. Um, and I felt this overwhelming need to fix everything because I was like, this is my Lily. Like this child in front of me is my Lily. And, yeah. and like that was, I even feel a little choked up thinking about it now, but um, it affected me in that way and really being able to understand what this family is going through. And I still can't because, you know, thank goodness Lily is family, healthy right? and um, physically and she hasn't, she hasn't had to suffer a lot in her life up until this point. So uh, that's one thing. You know how beautiful and difficult it is to, to, to love somebody so strongly and deeply. And just having a, a child who isn't struggling with more severe behavioral concerns or other things is, is difficult enough. And then, and then totally. you, and now I, yeah. I, I really like, I've nailed that Lily's a toddler and I am so patient in my professional life. Like it's something that I feel really proud of. And yeah, part of what I used to do was work with really challenging kids and I could always yeah. keep my cool. And I was really, but having to do that in the context of your own life, when you're also trying to get the laundry done and make dinner and maybe even just have a phone call with a friend and how different it is to be patient with your own kids as they start to get older. That mm. is very humbling for me. And I really can understand in a way that I never could before how, what I am really asking of parents when I'm guiding right. them and how right. difficult it really is. I always knew, but now I really know. Right. Um, and I could always say, I know this is hard and, and try to, you know, be as, as understanding and non-judgmental in my approach to coaching them. But I get it in a different way now. And I think, so there's that piece. It's how it's affected my work. I think also becoming a mom has also just made me more connected to what's important to me. I feel that I'm able to actually be better at what we're going to talk about today, which yeah. is sort of putting my foot down, saying no, really prioritizing um, and and prioritizing my family and what's important to me and managing my time in a way that is good for my family and makes me happy, even right. if that's not what's best for everyone else in the world. And um, it's given me a lot of strength to have a little bit more of a backbone right. um, because I think I feel it's in for a good cause, <laughs> sort of. For sure. Uh, Those are really important things personally and professionally. Does, what touches you about being a mother that you, you didn't experience before in your life? This is so interesting because, and you know me, Noah, but everybody else listening to this doesn't. I've always been very motherly. Yes. I've always had so much love to give. I've loved a million kids already. Mm -hmm. Just when I was teaching, when I was a therapist, when I was a shadow, like, and so the feeling of loving children is actually has, is very familiar to me. So in that way, it hasn't been as big of a change. What's the, um, between Lily, what's the difference between loving Lily and Sally? Because I could also, like, because I love children and I love Lily, yes, but, but I'm not a mother. So is there, is there, what is the difference? How do you experience the difference between loving a child that you've been working with and you're invested in in some way and then loving Lily or loving Sally? Like, it's, this is a very hard question and I don't even know if I can really put it into words. Um, I think because I, I always feel so much joy and pride at like the tiny little things that all the children and people I've loved have been able to do over their life. Um, I think, 
I think there's a few things that are different. Um, one of them is, I think it's, it's sometimes it's the intensity. So like yeah. sometimes I look at Lily and Sally and I just like, I want to eat them. Like they're just yeah. so, I just love them, like aggressively love them. And it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, I also think this sense of joy and pride that I experience at the little things I do is also, I think, just more intense. Heightened. Yeah. Um, like I feel so, so proud of Lily when I see her being kind, when someone tells me that she did something kind, like it really, it's a very physiological experience of, of joy and pride that I can really identify with that I don't think I experience as intensely with other children. Yeah. I also think it's just given me a sense of purpose and fulfillment that I think the reason that I do the work that I do is because I already find these kinds of things fulfilling. Mm -hmm. um, but to have it be your own children, I think it's enriched my life a lot in that I have somewhere to give all my love and, um, and that feels really good for me. Intense love, intense appreciation, intense joy and, and, happiness in watching watching them grow and seeing what you've created and of it course it also makes yeah. me feel very connected to david my husband we brought them into the world together and i don't want to i because i it's very important to me to be authentic and real i'm talking about all the wonderful fulfilling joyful yeah. experiences being a parent but it's also the hardest thing you've ever done in your whole life sure um so <laughs> yes yes anyway it's, i never want someone yeah. to be like why is it so easy for her to be a parent and why not for me? Cause it's not. No, no, you're not, we're not trying to fool anybody yeah, here. No. Um, you talked about that meaning and fulfillment and, yes. and you're doing that with somebody. I, I should just mention Katie and David have been in a relationship. They started dating when dating when she was 13 and 14, sorry. Um, and Katie's now 32. 32. So crazy. 18 years and that's more than half your life. So yeah. that's not the point of this, but I, I just want, I just wanted to get a sense of, of motherhood, a little taste. This is just really beautiful to hear about being a mother. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And you've touched a little bit on the change talk that you want to bring in, but let's, let's get into it. What, what are you bringing to the table today? And before we move on to the change talk, have you lost track of the hours you lose browsing and scrolling? Most of us have a hard time answering that question truthfully. Our suggestion? Utilize technology to help conquer technology. FocusMe is the productivity app that forces you to focus. The fully customizable tool blocks digital temptations, giving you countless hours of your life back by blocking selected keyword searches, desktop apps, and websites. The best part about it? It is unbeatable, uncheatable, unworkaroundable. I personally have been using it successfully for almost two years now. To join me, go to focusme.com slash change talk for a 20% discount off your first payment. And if you are a student, go to focusme.com slash request dash educational dash discount to request an additional 30% off your first purchase. And now on to the change talk. So the thing that that I think I need to change and work on and work towards in my life is something that I've always found difficult. Um, but as I've gotten older, um, gotten become more comfortable with who I am, as I became a mother, as I started actually to do the kind of work that I that I'm doing, um, it's I'm real. I've realized that I need to work on being willing to have confrontation to do things that may not be likable. I don't want to do things that are more, I believe are morally wrong or unethical or unkind, but unlikable. That's sort of the best word that I could find when it's something that's important to me. Um, and I want to be able to do that. I actually find it harder in my personal life than in my professional life. Um, I want to be able to talk about what my needs are I want to be able to say how I'm feeling, even if it makes me appear less likable or less together. Okay. Um, yeah. So w what does that look like? What, what is that? So I'll tell you some things that are hard for me. 
Yeah. And I think that will really help clarify it. Some of these things I've already worked on and I'm doing a much better job at and other things I need to do better. So um, if, if I had to send something back at a restaurant, first of all, I would never send something back at a restaurant unless it like came out covered in maggots or yeah. dirt or had like a tooth in it. But <laughs> even if there was a tooth in it, I would have a hard time sending it back. Um, I have a hard time when people that I love um, when I'm mad at them or they've done something to upset me, I have a really hard time telling them. Mm. Um, I, I have a very difficult time um, saying no if someone needs help, even if, if it's something that really doesn't work for me. Um, and, and I don't, I've thought a lot about this. I don't want it to seem like oh my God, I need to be less, I'm so selfless and I need to be less selfless so that I can do things for myself. It's actually not that. I realized that I am somewhat addicted to being likable and having people like me. And it's really about me and not about them. And that's why I want to change it. Right. I want to be able to say no or to do something unlikable when it's not going to harm another person. It may just, it may just make them not be like, wow. Yeah. They might not be blown away by you. Exactly. Like, it's not about, oh my God, I'm so selfless and I need to be less selfless. I don't take time for myself. It's not that. It's like, I need to realize that being liked is not the most important thing to my life all the time. And if I'm doing it to feed that need, then I want to be able to not do it. Right. So right now there are people you've mentioned from random strangers at a restaurant who you don't want to confront because they'll hate you forever or um, your best your close friends or people that constantly rely on you and and you wanting to be so yes 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 and yes there's an element of it is that you want to give to people and uh, I know that you were sort of saying it's not about you know selfless versus selfish and that whole thing is not the big theme that's totally legit to say but that could be a, a, one element of this is, you know, wanting to give, but also it's, 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 For sure. it's, it's also wanting to not give so that you don't feel that you need to be liked all the time at the highest level of. Right. And let's likeability. be honest, that waitress is not going to be emotionally harmed if I ask yeah. her to take the tooth out of my pasta. And, <laughs> right? but, and even if, and even if she was there, right. you can't be responsible completely for that situation. Right. So, so you don't like to hurt, you don't like to let people down and right. because then they won't, and what you're saying is not just because you want to take care of yourself, but it's also because they won't, you think they won't like you anymore the same way. Right. I don't want anyone to, one piece of it is I, I feel very, I don't want to cause anybody pain or harm, embarrassment, mm-hmm. self-doubt. Um, and that piece I really want to continue because I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. And I, you know, there may be times when I have to prioritize my own well-being over someone else and it may hurt them and, and that's okay. Um, but what I really want to change is when it's really not, it's not going to be such a significant harm to that person. And it's really just about me presenting in a specific way for my yeah. own, you know, need to be a, seen a certain way by other people. Yeah. And regardless of the motivation, it, talk to me about what this actually looks like. Sure. An area where this comes up is with like with my husband, David. So mm-hmm. um, I really value like I want him having time and space to do things that are important to him. Uh, I don't want to limit him. I don't want to be that wife who's like, you can't do this and you can't do this. I don't want to be a nag. I don't want to be all those things. But sometimes I think I take it to the extreme where I, I have a very difficult time saying, hey, you know, I really think, could you just golf once a week? Mm. Right. So I have been able to do that. It's right. a reasonable request. He even thinks it's a reasonable request, but the amount of how difficult it is for me to ask that is ridiculous. Like it's almost embarrassing. Um, the dialogue that I have in my head around it. So something like that would be so very what's, difficult. What is the dialogue? Externalize for us uh-huh. what goes on with, with this situation. I would be like, you know, it's really important. You know, this golf is his passion for people who know he's very passionate about golf. He played competitively in high school and all throughout university. It's something that brings him a lot of joy. It's something that I support. Yes. Unfortunately, golf takes 
five it's hours. It's a full day event. <laughs> and when you have two kids, yeah. that is challenging. Yes. Um, so what the dialogue would look like would be, I think a lot of it, it would be like, you know, you can, you know, it's just a day. You can do it on your own. It's fine. I really want him to be happy. You know, I like the feeling. Now I'm just being really honest. And yeah. I even feel uncomfortable saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I like the feeling that his friends and him would be like, oh, Katie's so chill. Yeah, Katie's so chill. He lets great. him golf. Like, you yeah. know, I want to be that like super yeah. chill yeah. wife who's, you know, and I don't want to be a doormat because that's yeah. not something that I, it, I don't, I don't want to be a doormat. Um, mm -hmm. But I do want to be relaxed, easygoing, which I actually am all those things. But at the yeah. same time, I, I'm allowed to have needs that don't always fit with that. And when I yeah. do, I have to own it. Like, it's okay. Um, so giving that up is, you know, that's, that's where, and then I'll feel physically uncomfortable when I have to say it. Right. So, so in your head, you were saying you're, oh, I want to accommodate. I want to be this. I want to be likable. I want, the, I want to be that mom, that, that wife, that person who's just chill and going with the flow. And then, but what are the other thoughts? that come up maybe sort of like the resentment or the frustration they're both they're all there at the same time of course so and so yeah. then it's like you know the resentment piece is um you know well i don't take these i don't take six hours to myself you know yeah. like so why do you get to do it yeah um you know or you know could you imagine i want, I want him to want to stay home on the weekend and do yeah. this like that kind of those kind of thoughts right i shouldn't even right. have to ask like right right you know <laughs> The fact that I even have to ask this is is ridiculous. You should yeah. know yeah. that this is my need. And it's so hard for me to ask. So shouldn't you just know that it's hard for me and just do it in the first place? <laughs> like right, those right. are the kinds of thoughts that I might have. Right. However, I actually realized that one of the best ways to deal with those feelings that I might have yeah. around the division of labor and childcare um, is is to, to make sure I take time to do things. Like I go out with my friends at night. I do mm -hmm. leave the kids with him. Um, I realize I don't want him to do less. I want to also be able to do it. And I want him to support me in that, which he does. Yes. But this all starts with asking. Yeah. And not just getting angry in my head. Right. And then being too uncomfortable to say how I feel. So it's uh, asking for what you need. And that's one example yeah. with David that, of course, you're working on. And, and he even agreed that you're on the same page in some ways, even though it's been very difficult to do that. Totally. So, and what, it's, when yeah? it's the problem is when the need that I have is something that I'm not comfortable with the fact that I need it. I wish okay. I did it. For example, I would have no problem if like, if you asked me my opinion about if, if I felt that um, someone was doing something wrong or hurting someone else or asked me my opinion about something intellectual, if I am not shy, I, I'm fine having an argument. It's if the thing is going to make me seem needy or entitled or something that I don't want to present as that I have a hard time saying it. Obviously right. I've thought a lot about this. <laughs> so yeah, that's fine. And that's good. You've, cause we've had opportunity. We, we, we've been planning this one for a bit. So you've been, yeah. you've been prepping, but fine. So that's one example. And that's one that you've been comfortable asking about a little bit, even though there's hesitation and there's a lot of mind chatter. And then you just said that there's these other ones that come up that are not, that you don't want to be asking because you want to feel you're going to be too needy. You're going to have a this perception of yourself that isn't incongruent with how you want people to see you and how people do see you. Maybe what's an example of that? Where else does that come up for you? One thing that it's funny because, because I'm very aware of this, I have been working on these things and they are hard for me. I, and I know I can always do better, but something that something that would be hard for me with a friend would be to just say like, I, I can't talk right now. Mm -hmm. If someone calls and they want to talk about something um, for me to be like, I, I have to go, even if it's because, you know, if I said I have to go and I had this really great reason that I wouldn't feel as bad, but if it's just because I don't feel like talking or I'm busy or I was just about to sit down and have five minutes to myself, I would have a hard time just saying I can't talk right now mm -hmm. um, and kind of shutting that down mm -hmm. and not um, being there. And, and this is the, and so again, it's when it's when it could be interpreted to be Katie's not as available or as great as I think exactly. she is. So exactly. when you have a good and excuse, like I gotta go feed the baby or I gotta right. go to dinner right now, 
that doesn't matter. Right. It's when you had your own plan. It's very weird. And I, you know, I, I'm very sensitive to this and I'm, I, I'm purposely, I'm pretty purposely bad with my phone. And I think you probably, well, so am I actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're horrible with it, which just means that you're not so reliable, which is kind of yeah. good because then mm-hmm. it's people don't really rely on like time yeah. oriented stuff. Like, but that's kind of the point you right now, that's, that's one that comes up quite a bit. I imagine for the longest time, all I can remember is from the time when you were really young, just being in your room on the phone, people were just, you were just like open sessions of like people talking to Katie about their <laughs> problems. Is that fair to say? Like, I think whatever? it's very fair to say, definitely. And it's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you an internal dialogue that I'm yeah. happening right now. Yeah. I'm thinking, Oh my God, how do I sound on this podcast? Do I, do I sound self-righteous? Do I sound like yeah. I'm talking about how I'm so great and I'm so here for everyone. And does that make me seem, you know, annoying like yeah. i'm thinking about that as we're talking which is right. which is funny because this yeah. is exactly what we're talking about yeah um but it's anything that would make me seem selfish self-righteous entitled conceited yeah and you and you could look at those as sort of intrusive thoughts of some kind or another that sure. that come up whenever you want to sort of make decisions that you really want to be making it's like no because katie's going to be even just the whole thing that you just did, right? Right? Is now you 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 I sh- also you sh- almost. Yeah. Do you know what I almost just did? What? I almost felt the need, and that now I'm saying it, but I'm saying it to poke fun at myself. Yeah. I almost said, I almost went in to say, but my friends give that back to me, and da 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 da. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. And they do. And honestly, my friends, more than anyone in the whole world, they honestly, they know me and they know who I am. They, they know all this bullshit about me that I'm talking about right now. And they, they push me to do this kind of stuff. But yeah. it's just funny because, uh, you know, I was going to say, without you prefacing these things, it's not that it's not true. We know that this is true, that these are great people. Um, but it's like almost if you didn't say anything about that, then it's maybe, maybe your friends are going to protest you after this episode. <laughs> So let's, let's like really wire in here. It's actually funny because this is an area that I think I've already improved a lot. Um, and I, I'm going to tell you another example where um, I had to do something really hard because I actually think this is, that's what I need to work on more than setting boundaries with people needing my help. I actually think I've come, that was the example that came to mind because it's easier. I think I've actually gotten pretty good at just so like I don't I don't answer phone calls after nine o'clock I don't and I've been good with that and I I'm actually comfortable with it but I was just trying to kind of help you understand yeah. how my head works I'm going to tell you another example I hope this is okay with everyone in my life me just talking about these things but um so my why why does it have to be okay with everyone in your life well okay <laughs> because I'm talking about this, yeah, so yeah yeah whatever I'm joking so okay so <laughs> For Lily's birthday, she's turning three next week, and my in-laws wanted to buy her a gift. And I suggested, why don't, um, you know, I think actually she would love a dollhouse. She likes to play in her room when I'm getting Sally to sleep now. It could be really a fun thing. So my father-in-law, who works in the toy business, sends me back a picture of a dollhouse. And I think it's heinous. It's hot pink and purple, and it lights up. And, like, I, I love decorating, and I just made Lily's room, like, really beautiful. And the thought of having that dollhouse in her room was like, oh, my God. Like, I cannot. I don't want that dollhouse in her room. It's ugly. That to me is like a, a thought that I'm not as comfortable having because it's like, who cares? Like, it's fun for the kids. You want to be that in-law who's like, oh, a beautiful dollhouse. Thank you so much. I didn't like the dollhouse. The fact that I thought it would ruin my child's decor, I think that's obnoxious. But that is how I feel. Yeah. Right. And I sat there and I was like, this is your chance, Katie. You're going to do something unlikable, even because I've been listening to your podcast and I've already thought through some of this and <laughs> it really inspired me already. This. So I was honest with them that I didn't like the dollhouse and I sent him a link to like this pretty white dollhouse that I like. If this is such a stupid example, he's not going to be hurt about if I don't like this dollhouse, even if it's manufactured by him or whatever. No one is getting hurt by me stating my opinion. It's not me being selfless to not say how I feel. It's that I don't want to look like that daughter-in-law who's so obsessed with the decor of her house that she had to tell us which dollhouse to buy. Like, that's the kind of thing that I am so uncomfortable doing. Yeah. Your voice changes completely when you do these examples. It's like Like, my alter ego, like the little lady in there that that might be like a little bit, spoiled or obnoxious yeah. or entitled and I don't want to let her out. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm the one who doesn't like that side of it so much that I'm the one who has a problem with it. It's no one else. Right. So it really sounds like the change talk, even though you're moving in that direction, is is it to continue to speak your mind, if you will, when you know it's appropriate to state what you want, feel, need, or don't want clearly and unequivocally? Yes. Even I'm uncomfortable now having this conversation. You know what I'm the most uncomfortable right now? How I look to other people in the way that I'm talking about this with you. Right, right. And it's funny because I don't, I'm, I don't think, I wouldn't consider myself to be insecure. I'm actually yeah. a very confident person. Yeah. Um, but I guess it's showing the parts of me that are less perfect and the mm. parts of me that are, are maybe more unreasonable yeah. or that to the world and yeah. being willing to do that. I, I, that makes so, just so much sense. You have, you have a reputation of being a certain way and it, it, there's a lot of pressure. So let's, that, that sounds like it's a really reasonable change talk to have, to want to, in some small way, c- continue to state those needs in these given situations. So when you do yield and when you don't state your needs, like let's say you, you told your father-in-law that you were totally fine with it, and, but your reputation gets saved. In yourself, you feel, oh, I, like I'm doing, I'm, I'm still going to be loved. I'm not going to be that obnoxious in love. Right, right. Is that sort of one of the big pros that this, that you, when you continue doing these things? I think like what I'm getting out of it, yeah, is that I, I, I obviously like to be liked. Yeah. I like helping people. I like people looking at me and, and perceiving me as being reasonable and kind and having my priorities and, and tough and strong and all the things that I work hard to be. And I really truly believe that I am. I don't feel that, I don't feel that I'm a, that I'm projecting this fake view of myself to the world because I'm really not, but I do feel that I need to get more comfortable um, being in touch with and being willing to be open about the parts of me that are not like that all the time because I'm doing it for my own sake and not for anybody else. Like being liked is like crack. Yes. You know, like I get off on it in a, in a way, like it's something that is important to me. I obviously want to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked, but for sure. Um, I even have to be, and this is coming up right now a lot, I have to even be unlikable in a likable way. I'm yes. doing it now. The way I'm talking about this right now, I can, I can feel myself doing it. And I'm very good at it. Yeah. Um, I want to be more comfortable. Just. It sounds yeah, like I really. I really do have a thought or emotion that's not reasonable, not, not kind, not whatever, if it's not going to really harm another person to say it or a relationship that I value, I need to get more comfortable with saying it. But what you really need to get more comfortable with the experience of is your mind doesn't need to tell you that 100% what you did is going to make you continue to be likable. Right. Right now it's, everything's fine. You can say no, set boundaries, set limitations, give your true response. As long as your mind won't construct a reason why people won't like you the same way after. If people, if it's a, if approved by Katie's brain, then it won't, then it doesn't cause any. Exactly. Exactly. So if it's for my kids, like yeah. I can set boundaries at work. If I'm like, I need to be here for my kids. I've decided that I don't want to work evenings because I want to give my kids dinner and yeah. I want to put them to bed every night. And that wasn't hard for me to say. That was not a hard boundary for me to cross. But telling my father-in-law that I didn't like the dollhouse was impossible for me. Yes. Right. If I had to say to a friend, you know, I, uh, Lily is sick and I can't talk right now. That's not hard for me. If right. I was like, you know what, I'm getting a manicure and I don't want to talk. That would be That's hard obnoxious. It's about that my You would own get a manicure what... and not want to talk. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is I don't, the, one of the ways that I've been able to help myself is to say, if someone did this to me, would you be okay with it like do you think it's a respectable thing to do or say and if the answer is yes then you're allowed to do it too right that's a little trick in the trade that you have there right Right. that the externalizing and just getting out of your own head and you know moving outside of if a friend said to me hey katie i'm just getting a manicure 
Um, I'm really yeah. busy today. I'm going to call you tomorrow. I'd be like, okay. Or, hey, Katie, uh, don't really, that dollhouse isn't just not the greatest yeah. dollhouse in I'd the world. I'd be like, oh, okay, you don't like the dollhouse? Yeah. <laughs> right, so it's whenever yeah. Katie's brain will latch on and make it such that this action could be perceived as a stain on my reputation as being yes. likable. Yes, you've nailed right. it. Right, reputation right. is important. Being liked is yeah. important. These are evolutionarily deeply relevant drives that we have. So, and so by not making the decisions um, that make you feel uncomfortable, you just, you get to sort of, you feel a little resentful maybe, but you get to keep the status quo of Katie's reputation to others is still intact. Katie's perceived reputation to others is still intact. Right. You're starting to acknowledge at the very least that mostly it's all in your head. And if, 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 and even if it wasn't fully all in your head, you know, would the people still love you even though you're not a hundred percent pleasing them in every single way? And the answer is yes. Right. The answer is yes. And that's what's made me really look into myself and be like, this is about you. Yeah. This is about you. This isn't about other people needing to give me more space and about me being in toxic relationships where I'm seeking it. Like it's no one else's problem except myself. Right. And so anything like mm -hmm. when, like I have, I have one friend who, whenever I am do these kinds of things, she's like, I love it when you're mean. I love it when you say these things, like good for you. Like that, that makes me realize that this is about my own brain and what my own brain thinks is right. likable, respectable, and not about the community that I put myself in or the types of people in my life. And again, if it was the case, that would be a different discussion. This is not yeah. about people leeching your time and you know, unequal support. And it, it's, it's literally about not, you not wanting to feel uncomfortable. It's about me feeding like a ridiculous need to be liked. Yeah. To be likable or to be, or to, to be right. the kind of person that I want to be, but to the extreme that it's just ridiculous because it's not helpful to anyone if I don't say that I don't like the dollhouse. Right. It's to perceive, <laughs> like, but it's to perceive yourself as being fully likable. Exactly. In the standards that you set in your mind, what that would look like. Exactly. So, and you've kind of established through this that if you were to change this, you, you wouldn't, you, you may, f- your mind may continue to tell you, oh, it's, you know, this is, you know, socially devastating, catastrophic. This is, this is going to be sort of the end of my perfect self and all, all these things. But in reality, it seems like people either will respect you more or be neutral. And even if, even if somebody had a problem with it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem that it would be getting away with the basic core sense of stability in the relationship with that person and secure attachment that you have with them. Right. And I don't believe any relationship that I actually value would be harmed by me changing right. this, which right. is what made me really realize that I just, just be, be being silly. <laughs> right. So yeah. being silly on one end and also just being very human on the other end. Sure. But what would life look like for you? Not, and it's not, it wouldn't be that you wouldn't have these thoughts anymore and that you wouldn't be bothered by this. What would it actually, why would your life be better if you started to be less hesitant towards making those firm decisions when they came up and just went through with it? I think on a practical level, um, I think practically life would be easier and more enjoyable in some senses. So like, for example, my, my daughter's room is going to be more beautiful. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> she's getting the pretty white dollhouse that I like. Um, that's what, like, so I think um, I'll have my needs met better. I think it actually will give people who love me the opportunity to reciprocate in ways that I know they want to. Um, I think that my life will that get better. Like, if I'm able to tell David that... I, I would like it if he only golfs once a week and that I want to go out with my friends all morning. I'm sure I know that he will want to do that for me. Yeah. Right. And that will actually make him happy. So I think I'll just have things that I want. I will be able to get things done in a way that makes me happy or I'm comfortable with, and I'll be able to just practically things will be easier. You know, I, I, if I'm able to ask for a coffee that's hot, if my coffee's cold, you know, okay, so here's such a silly example. So um, I'm so, and this is so, I'm doing it again. I was about to just say, I'm so privileged that I'm able to hire help. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am privileged that I'm able to hire help and I get that. Um, yes. I think this is actually the thing I have to change the most. It's just in regular conversation that I, I always that monitor of yeah. that. It just like, probably takes a lot of effort on my part. So I asked my nanny to cut up some cantaloupe for me. As I said it, I'm worrying how I'm thinking like, oh, my, I'm so uncomfortable that I can't just cut up my own cantaloupe. <laughs> I want to be the kind of person who cuts their own cantaloupe. <laughs> right. I'm worried. Right. Do I seem ungrateful? Do I seem entitled that I have asked her to cut the cantaloupe? Right. I'm even uncomfortable saying on a podcast that I have a nanny. Even just saying the word nanny feels uncomfortable to me. It's, yeah. I don't know why. Um, Pretentious. So, yes. Associations. I am gonna, it's fantastic that I'm not going to have to cut the cantaloupe later. Like yeah. my life will just be easier that I don't have to cut the cantaloupe later. Yeah. So if I'm able to say these things, like things will just run more smoothly. I'll, people will be able to help me better. Like that's, it's, it's such a simple reward. Yeah. That I will have cut cantaloupe, which is yeah. fantastic. And I can spend my time doing something different. And over time <laughs> you're right. And over time your brain will, hopefully it's an experiment. You don't, you can't guarantee it, but over time, the more you're, you're doing this, the less, likely that pattern of continual rumination about how this was perceived, how it happened, what people thought of me. Right. Right. But, but I also think it's, you know, okay. So there could have been people, if you, and you've done this a few times on this one where you've prefaced that you don't want to sound a certain way. Right. It, to me, it's a meta example. It's like a live example of what we we're just talking about. It's right. A hundred percent. That's why I keep right. bringing it up. Cause I'm noticing myself do it. Yeah. It's coming up and coming yeah. up and then coming up. And yeah. so it, it might be interesting for like you. Like I'm thinking, how is it going to look to your audience that I yeah. have a nanny? And especially because right? people don't know you that well. So, you know, they might have like, and, and, and again, these people may never, you never even speak to them. Right. But the worst case is that people actually think that you're kind of obnoxious for having a nanny. Right. And then you have to ask yourself, okay. okay I mean, that kind of sucks. But, but yeah. that kind of sucks. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's only if I agree with it. So like, yeah. If I was talking about, you know, rights for the LGBTQ community right. and someone thought, oh my God, she's, I'd be, I would not care at all right? because I respect and really am comfortable with being somebody who stands up for that. But I'm right. not comfortable with being somebody who has a nanny and gets their cantaloupe cut out for them. Right. So again, yeah. it's, it's your, it's, it's. If someone it's, doesn't it's, like me for something that I believe is right and good and right. I like that, I don't care. That's exhausting. Yeah, probably is. It's really interesting. It would be interesting if I tried to notice how much energy I spend. You know, right. Well, on, it just imagine every time, you know, common conversations and then this is the dialogue. And again, we all have our own dialogues, but you're just being very open about your dialogue, yeah. your version of the cantaloupe question and or the cantaloupe intrusion. Right. So, so this is sort of what comes up for you on a regular basis. And so maybe the change talk in some ways, again, continuing to do this, to build the muscle of, in a general sense, whether it's with David, whether it's with your in-law, all these different scenarios that are coming up where you don't approve, your mind doesn't approve of the decision that you make because it may stain the reputation, but you do it anyway. Right. And then maybe it's also not prefacing a lot of the time in advance. And I think it's kind of smart to do that sometimes because then you, you, you get the guards down. Yeah. Sometimes that may work. And I think yeah. I do that too. And, but maybe just noticing when, like, a few times that you don't do that because and whether it's necessary because i i do want to be down to earth and i do yeah. want people to know that i understand my Privilege. that i'm privileged in certain yeah. ways so it's not necessarily that i shouldn't do it like yeah. i don't want to be actually be obnoxious yes. um but i want to notice when i might be going into overdrive and i want to be able to if i want to yeah to be able to come across a certain way and just sit with it and deal with it and be okay with it. Right. And it's, it's acknowledging that you can't really control how your brain reacts to these things and you right. can't control how other people react to it mm -hmm. necessarily. Right. So in terms of the real tangible, what do you think you're actually going to do differently, even in, you know, a tiny, tiny way through this conversation? I think, okay, so I'm going to continue to say how I feel. And I think the, the way that I can differentiate whether I should or shouldn't is, am I doing this to spare someone else's feelings and to be kinder? Am I doing this to feed my own 
need to appear a certain way. And if the answer is I'm doing it to feed my own need to appear a certain way, then I'm going to go ahead and be uncomfortable and do it anyway. Right. Um, and I'm going to try to have that conversation with myself when these little things come up. Um, and I am going to try to notice when in common conversations, but this is something I had not thought of until we had this conversation now, if I may be spending a lot of unnecessary energy to ensure that I'm coming across a certain way. So we have, we have a few different, a couple different things that are, uh, that are going to go on. One of which is to continue the work that you're already starting to do. And again, no guarantees of changing how you think about it, changing how it's going to go down necessarily, even though it could be helpful to kind of remind yourself, like, I will still be loved. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, this is, I, this is not the indicator. And it's not even that, it's not even like, I know I'll still be loved, right? It's yeah. more, I want to be okay with, if, if I'm a little bit less. Yeah you know, it's okay. Yeah. Like it really is okay to have those parts of myself. And you made this sort of dichotomy, Katie, where you said, when I know it's not going to hurt them in any way, shape or form, and it's really just about me and not feeling uncomfortable with my inner reputation, et cetera. And there may be times where even a little bit like you just say, I can't right now. And, and they may actually kind of be a bit annoyed in some way. Right. And you know, it's funny. If I, if I feel that they're being unreasonable, it won't be hard for me. Yeah. It's a pretty safe zone yeah. to, to explore boundaries saying no, you know? Yeah. It's the hard stuff. What I think what a lot of people would actually find very hard. I don't find that hard. Yeah. Fine. Right? Which is right. like stating my opinions and being, right. you know, um, and I can set boundaries if I feel it's for a good reason and I truly believe in it. But if it's for me to just be, yeah, if it's not for a good reason, according to Katie, yes, that's when I have a hard time with it. So it really sounds like more often than not now, you're going to, you're going to really try, even when Katie doesn't think it's a good reason to just say, I don't like this dollhouse and yeah. you know, please, can you cut the cantaloupe kind of thing? <laughs> Right. It sounds so funny when you, when you say it. <laughs> and then see what, where that takes your mind mm-hmm. and how much it helps when you do these things and convince yourself that it's all 100% okay the way it went down. Yes. Yeah. I need to get more comfortable that someone could have a thought about me that's unpleasant or unlikable. Right. The way I'm having it with myself. Right. Like if they have the thought, because I'm obviously judging myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so obnoxious that someone's cutting your cantaloupe. Someone else might think that. Yes. And I have to be okay with it. Yeah. Be, and, and, if someone has the thought, she is a, you know, wow, that was so unkind. And I feel so hurt by that. I care about that. Right. right? And I don't want to change that. Right. And, and even if that does happen because it's impossible to yeah. please everybody all the time. Then I'll say sorry if I, if I mean it. And I, you know, like I have no problem. And maybe they'll tell you because yeah. you're used, to, because you have that kind of open relationship. Yeah. And right. I'd be happy to hear that feedback. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's, so, the, it's the little yeah. things that are the hardest for me. For some reason, those little right. things that don't those really little things. Much. Yeah. But they mean a lot to you, and 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 you just hope to c- continue to notice the the thoughts and continue living the way that you want to be living. I think really at the end of the day, I want to be comfortable and confident enough to show the parts of me that maybe aren't that great to other people, so that my life can be a little bit easier, and that maybe I could spend less energy on that and put it on towards things that are going to bring me more fulfillment and more joy. Right. So I think that this conversation represents a move, a move or a decision to make it a little bit better in some way and, and just noticing it and trying your best um, slowly but surely to, to make that kind of step. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. 
with us. You you want to say something? Some unlikable things that I do over the next little bit, and I'll share them with you. Yeah, sure, exactly. So, if you were to sum all of it up, what's the phrase or image of the whole change talk? What if it was like, "Go ahead and be unlikable." Yeah, like go for it. Right, and that just is a sort of diffusion reminder of coming out of the whole story that you're in. Just go ahead and and be unlikable. Yeah. Okay. So Katie, thank you for sharing so much about the thought process that are going on in your mind. I know that people have these all the time. Not everybody talks about it. And it was hard for me. This was actually much harder for me than I thought it was going to be. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I think even in doing this, yeah. given what it is that I am having a hard time with, um, I think I took a big step forward and I think I was really honest in a, to a big wide audience in a way that could make people meet people have many thoughts about me and, and having, that's a big exposure, right? Yeah. Like what are people going to think when they hear this? And what are you going to think that people are going to think? Yeah. It is the way that I came across going to match what I would want people to think. And if it doesn't, I'm going to cut you out right now. I'm okay. The reason why I'm cutting you off is because we're practicing it. No, but I was trying to tell you that I really feel like that's why it was hard for me. And, yes, and, exactly. um, and I want to be honest about the fact that I am worrying about yes. the way people will perceive and it. That's okay. But I did it anyway, and it's okay, and I'm sitting with it. So right. I'm practicing it right now. episode was a, an example of this totally. in live time. And so it, yeah. it's just something to keep in mind. And I think I need to show... Like I give people a lot of grace and, and I'm very understanding of other people. And like, I should just be like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's the sequel. Thank you so much for sharing this. You did a big thing for other people as well. And that's the kind of thing that I always try to emphasize is that you are sharing and what you share can in some small way help other people who are dealing with similar thoughts and just being able to talk about thoughts like they're not this deep underbelly of who we are that is, it's so disturbing and dark mm-hmm. just makes things lighter for people so thank you so much thank you thank and you for helping me work through this yeah you're welcome don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content we are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change. <laughs>